Welcome to the Financial Coconut Podcast Network, the leading personal finance podcast network in Singapore. I'm your host, Reggie, aka Your Chief Financial Coconut, and every Monday you will be joining me, Eric Fung, and SG Budget Big Dawn on our weekly segment, Wise and Shine, where we leverage on the latest quirky happenings out there on the internet to answer many of your burning social and personal development questions. Yes, we all sick and tired of talking about money, so welcome back to Wise and Shine. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Uh, today on top of uh, corporate insurance, there's also increasingly stuff like, uh, I don't know, learning, learning benefits, so allowances. <laughs> I don't know if people think that's a benefit. Yeah. <laughs> Government also give it. It's called Skills Future. Correct. Okay, okay, okay. Welcome back to Wise and Shine. I'm your host Reggie, aka Yoroshi Financial Coconut. And I'm Don and Shibaji Babe. Today we're going to talk about a very budgeting finance topic that is more relevant to your career. And I think for any of you who after this episode, you apply the tips and tricks that we're going to talk about. If you get a pay raise, please help to uh, contribute. You can donate to us so yeah, we can continue running. Patron. More yeah, yeah, we should, we should. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Link here. <laughs> <laughs> pay now, yeah, us. Pay now, us. So um, today's episode, what we're going to cover and investigate is really how to negotiate for a higher salary. Mm-hmm. And of course, the best people to have on set with us to talk about this topic would be... Nice to meet you. Uh, Puyin from Linz, Singapore Headquarters, Venture Bank. Venture Bank. HR business <laughs> operating in the region. Wait, yeah. is this like a com standard? Like, like is yeah, it? Yeah, it is. It is. Okay, so yeah. you say a com standard. Go, you go, must go, have go. this keyword. Yeah. keyword. Must have, must have. Uh, okay, okay, okay. Mishmash. Okay, okay. Yeah. And Rakesh from the TFC team, mm-hmm. who is in tech and yeah. can talk a little yeah. bit more about career maneuvers. <laughs> yes. yeah. So we're gonna a lot talk about money that. in the tech space. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> he uses his credit. He worked hard for it, right? I do work hard. So we're gonna talk about these maneuvers and what you guys can realistically apply on your own okay yeah. so let's roll okay let's roll yeah so w- what are some tips and tricks like you know about pay raise oh, straight to it these guys got no time our listeners no time today yeah. So what is the what is the tips and tricks? I think the first thing that I would probably say is that most often most people don't have a good understanding or the right understanding of their market value. That's probably mm. where it usually starts. So I think the first tip or trick I would to borrow your phrase is uh, always, you know, get an up-to-date understanding of your market value right and there's a number of ways you can do this obviously you can research right there's open public sources where that is available if there's not then i think you you try to talk to two categories of people one is of course hr people uh, so that would be the recruiters and whatnot like cleans ourselves because we speak to a lot of companies and also job seekers and we have a sense in fact every year we also publish a compensation report right so we have a sense as to where the range of salaries uh, would, would be but the other category of people would 
know, be people in the industry, in the market, peer groups, you know, and whatnot, like, where, where there's comfort to share. But you need to have a sense, like, right, of what that is. There's a third more hackish way, like, which not everyone will have the appetite for, which is put yourself out in the job market like, and go through the process and get the offers. Like. Doesn't mean you have to take the offers, but you get a sense of the value. Like. I have a friend who tells me that he literally applies for a job uh, every year just to get a sense of his market value, to understand uh, where he, his peers or his uh, comparable employers might be uh, might be offering to pay. Like. The mm. very first thing is, do you know what the market is paying? And mm. it can be up, it can be down, right? I mean, yeah. th- that's, th- yeah. that's the reality because again, this is just economics, right? It's yeah. demand mm. and supply. Yeah. Uh, so I think that would be the first tip. Understand where you're at. And then uh, to the add on, on that, right? Mm. So you mentioned three resources that people can go to to find mm. out their market value. How accurate do you find all those online salary guides? Mm. I think where yeah <laughs> can be very it ranges from wildly inaccurate it really very hard to say uh. I mean wildly inaccurate to not not too bad I think very rarely you'll get one oh, spot on yeah, industry because, standards yeah because yeah. the reality is that it, it moves a lot mm. right um okay. I don't think that means that you don't take it on I think in the end it's it's about a lot of this research, I mean, my view, collecting research is all about collecting data points and then attributing certain believability <laughs> factor to each of them and then taking it all and then saying, okay, when I look at all of it, what do I believe and where do I think it would be? Yeah, yeah. And if yeah. you have a range of these data points, somewhere in the middle, usually it's not too far wrong. La, right? I think a lot of people yeah. nowadays are very lazy. Uh. They just go online, see the salary guide, mm. and they use that as a singular data point. Right? Uh, so yeah. no, maybe what tough. they should really start looking at is, as you say, look at some of the other three yeah. other options yeah. to get no, a more accurate sense. I, I don't think laziness is... is carries in this discussion you know mm. like our audience are self-select they will mm. go and sort it out they are not mm. lazy in that mm. sense but I feel like a lot of people right don't know how to value their own worth right mm. like I have friends who work in yeah. HR right they lead the department they know the costing and everything right then they, they tell me things like wow some of these guys right 20, 30 years experience, right? They know a lot of people. They are very valuable yeah. to the company, right? But they are paid like the fresh grad because yeah. the fresh grad come in the mouth very big, uh, that to take, right? So, so which is why the starting salary is is so important in a lot of uh, organization, right? And then and then that become your reference point. I mean, we talked about this right on another episode, yeah. Yeah. right? Should you review your salary, right, to to the next hire, all that jazz, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that's the that's the part that needs to be more, you know, talked about and more add more color, right? A lot of senior workers are underpaid. That's a that's a very good point. Also, this 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 uh this thing that you just mentioned about how do employers or businesses look at a new hire versus an existing hire? Yeah. And the reality is that many businesses are very guilty of being quite good at being competitive at the new hire part because you're trying to attract someone to come on, but then are somehow just not so good at doing that when it comes to reviewing Retention, and refreshing right? and retaining the their, their existing staff. It's one of, it's an age old problem. That's that's one thing. And then the other one is even if they are aware, a lot of employers are also kind of stuck in this then. Then how do I redress it? Because then they're like, what do I immediately go and change all my legacy and existing stuff and then take on a an additional X percent in my payroll and then they're very reluctant to, to do that, right? So even if they're aware, then they don't know how to fix it. So as a result, I think from a, if you just flip it around again, then from the individual's perspective, right? Keep uh, moving. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is one option, but not, not the only option, right? Because I think, uh, you know, if you understand where you're at, 
then you at least can ha- you can have a conversation uh. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe which is probably the next question no? yeah, yeah. How, how does the conversation go <laughs> 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 hey boss uh, boss the Google say I, yeah. I got <laughs> more money uh, on it I, can give. Would, I would like to have a coffee with you I like, oh okay yeah. yeah what is it about I can't know one uh. when people <laughs> <can't> talk, <laughs> like, uh, do you have some time can we talk about this yeah. oh yeah sure and yeah I know like, yeah. I know what you want to talk about right yeah yeah, yeah. just be upfront with me it's a, it's a sales pitch right mm. actually in the end right I mean this is essentially just kind of like an always be selling sort of thing, right? I mean, but honestly, this this is really about how well you sell yourself. And I think if you understand, so that's probably tip number two, right? Once you understand what your market value is, then you got to ask yourself, what is the value and the contribution that you bring to this employer? First of all, you need to be very clear about what is your contribution? What is it that you bring on, bring to the table? Mm-hmm. If you know what that is, then I think you can have a fair conversation with, with your bosses like, to say, okay, this is what I think. This is one way of answering the question, which it comes with, to my third point, right, uh, third tip, which is, you know, also have a consideration as to what does compensation mean to you, right? Because compensation, you can think about it as just, oh, it's cold hard cash and do I get X today or should I get Y tomorrow? But I think there's also broader elements around like what other forms of compensation are there and also what are the other things that keep me in a, in a job or not? To the first one, I think I would say, you know, there are other elements, of course, there's always this phrase, compensation and benefits, C and B, right? There is a, and within compensation, there is, the cash component, there's the variable component. Then there's elements today more and more popular is uh, stock, options. stock options, right? Mm-hmm. Equity. Especially in tech. Comedy. Techno yeah. bonus, man. Oh, okay. Really? I don't get bonus. Okay. So how does that work? How, how does your compensation structure work? The uh, compensation is on base mm-hmm. variable and then stock options based on certain key, key metrics. Yeah. I mean, variations of that, lah. Right? Yeah, and variations mm-hmm. of that, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, okay. So how, how do I evaluate stock options then, if that's the case? How to evaluate stock options, I think... <laughs> <laughs> we need to talk more about it because I feel like a lot of our audience are in that bracket, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, like okay, to be fair, right, if you're entry level, you're junior, right, yeah. you better be some super talent, right? If not, this will unlikely be open to you. Or if you join mm. some super small company, they have no mm. choice but to give you some stock options, then you've got to question the value so, of it. Mm. Huh? Okay, but... I mean, maybe I can start and yes, you add please. on, right? Yeah, sure, yeah. Go for it. yeah. It's like, I think it depends where the company is. Very, very important. Mm. Correct. If the company is listed, you know. It's public. It's public. Yeah. It's public info. You know immediately you can trade it also based on your vesting schedule, so on and so forth. Mm. But if it's Series A, mm. if it's Series B, mm. if it's Series C, still very early on, mm. are we even going to consider that? Because when can we actually pull, even take the money out, right? And those other clauses come into play as mm. well is what I would say. Like, for example, there is always a um, shareholder buyback clause. Mm when you move from D to E or mm. E to F or, right. you know, depending on what series and depending on whether the anchor of that round is willing to do that as well because mm. the money's supposed to go and fund the company but now I'm just paying the guys Secondary that have been here for yeah. quite a while. So I think these are these are things that we need to also be thinking about for an early stage. But I think for a later stage is when you can quantify it yeah. and actually say something. I mean, yeah. Also, yeah. I mean, another very, I mean, actually I was going to start exactly as how Rakesh did. It's really just like how mature is the business, right? Mm. Post-IPO, public companies, very mature, a lot more straightforward lah, is the truth, right? Because the valuation is set by the market, it's transparent to everyone, you can look it up. Go up, go down, you also know what it is, lah, right? Early stage, I think the actually the first point I would have mentioned is even the valuation number itself. Yeah, quite not. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, subject, it's very subjective, right? Because it is a close, it's, it's private transaction, it's closed market. Yes. And even if a group of people did value it at that price, because usually the valuation is set on the last round. Yeah. Does it necessarily mean that that's the valuation that it actually carries mm. when you as an individual decide to put your options out to market? 
And then beyond that, Rakesh also touched on all the technicalities of it, right? There's a lot of technicalities of it. And the honest truth is, I think today, the awareness and understanding of all the technical ways stock options work or don't work, is the level is not very, very high in the market. Uh, that's what Lin sees. Like, I mean, we speak to a lot of job seekers and we work with a lot of startups, right? Early stage guys. The understanding is not that strong. And then because it's not that strong, right? Then the perception of it is also affected. Because then as a job seeker, you'll be like, oh, okay, so maybe this company is offering me $10,000 worth of stock options. But I don't know. I don't really fully understand how it vests. I don't really fully understand when... Uh, when can I liquidate? Then I discount. Automatically, I discount the value of this. Mm. So it's good to have. Uh, yeah. Extra, yeah. extra. Yeah. Exactly. Then you immediately revert back to this idea that, well, I should just be looking at the cash. La, which you can depend on how you want to look at it. From a very cynical point of view, you can say that's the way that then you preserve and protect yourself. But then from the other point of view, you would then say, you know, uh, maybe you're locking yourself out of certain opportunities. And then second of all, if you look at at least as a, as a precedence in the West, right, there's some maybe Chinese companies as well, right? There's some very strong evidence that, you know, ESOPs can produce a lot of upside yes. when the company or yes. organization is successful mm-hmm. eventually. So, you know, I mean, my take on it would be get educated, right? Mm-hmm. At, least, at least understand yes, how yes. these things work. So yeah. we are here to educate, right? Ah, so okay. ah, we're here to educate. <laughs> yes, we take on the mantra, right? Yeah. So we, we take it step by step, okay? Mm. Let's let's talk about the companies that are already listed, right? So if, let's say, a company's already listed, there's really a market price, the discovery is there, you already know what's, what's it, you know, mm. what do I look out for in a stock options kind of arrangement? What, what are the usual practices? what are the usual things that I need to be aware of? A couple of things, right? I think one thing I want to point out before answering the question is he mentioned a few levers mm. that we can pull. It's not just about the whole hard cash. Mm. So I think that's, the, I would like to touch on that a lot more as well, yeah. just so can we as listeners can learn from this, right? Um, but coming to your question on on the point of, of IPO company already, the market price is there, right? We can effectively buy and sell on all the brokers, brokerage systems. When they give us an amount, they'll give us, it'll give us an amount, usually more than the number of shares. Um, at least that's from my knowledge. Mm. From that amount, it will be vested over a few things. So a few things we need to take account, take into account is something called the vesting period, which is how long before you actually get it. And if you leave before that, you're not going to get it. Mm. Right, Very important. Next thing is called a cliff. A cliff is a minimum period of your tenure in that company in order for you to even receive X dollar or one cent of the stock options. Typically, it's a 12-month cliff and a vesting period of about four years. But so, so for example, it'll be $10,000 that you will start receiving on the 12th. So you will start receiving $10,000 over four years, right? Which effectively means every year you're getting 2500, right? Just to make it simple for everyone. But you won't receive anything if you leave in 11 months. But at 12 months, you will receive 2500. And then after that is, what is the vesting schedule? Is it every month you receive... 2500 divided by 12, or is it every quarter you receive 2500 divided by 4? Mm. Um, and so you got to look at that. Uh, and then as you leave, you will forego the remaining, say, 5000 because you've stayed for two years mm. and you only take the 5000 Okay. And then more often than not, I can straight away just exit in the market if I want to. IPO means you're issued the yeah. shares, okay. correct? And you can sell it immediately. Okay. Those are no longer options. Yeah. That's just shares. Exactly. It's just correct. shares, yeah. right? Okay. Okay. Yeah. Fair, and then fair. the way you will want to value that, right, is also. I mean, of course, there's the current market price. You can look at that. But you can also look at it. And usually when it's issued to you, it will be issued at a slight discount uh, to what the market is offering. So it makes it more valuable. Otherwise, it's just like, let's give you whatever the market you can buy, right? Mm-hmm. And then when you look at that, and you think about like, you have to look at the growth prospects of your of that, that employer la, or that business. If you think it's a very fast growing business still, mm-hmm. then it could be quite exciting because then you could look and think about it as, 
wow, maybe this one will grow 20 or 50% in the next X number of years. And I'm right, right now getting this at this value. So it's mm -hmm. actually worth more than that. Conversely, you could be entering a very, very mature enterprise already. And then you then have to then treat it as what it is, which is, okay, maybe this is, I get it at a 20% discount. So it is just maybe a 20% gain. Difference between a scale-up and Apple, for yeah, example. Yeah, yeah. No, right. Okay, okay, okay. Fair, fair, fair. So then then if if we're talking about like the private companies, mm. right, like Series B, Series C, mm. um, you know, Series A, I don't know, lah, but, mm. but you know, like mm. for, for all you listening that you don't know what are those, you know, essentially these are private companies at the early stage mm. and it's used as a measurement of how which round of funding these companies mm. are going for to raise capital to grow their company, right? So uh, after you Google a bit, you will know uh, what Series mm. A, Series B, aga aga, right? So essentially, how will you then evaluate a stock option? Let's say you are like the 10th employee, right? You know, or like <laughs> the first, don't, first hire is different. Uh. First hire is sell passion one, you know, like <laughs> use passion and work one, okay? It's different. Yeah. But let's say you're the 10th employee, 20th employee, where there's already some sort of a structure and then you enter and then all these things are in discussion or even the 100th employee, right? Mm. Like, like how do I then evaluate a private company's uh, stock options? Uh, I think again, it's very subjective, right? But just as a rule of thumb, if you can just think about it, exponentially, the, the risk does drop. Uh. It's an exponential curve. It's not linear. Seed or pre-seed or A is a lot higher. Then by the time you get to B, what does B stage mean? B, by the time you get to series B, the conventional wisdom is that uh, a company or a startup has achieved a certain product market fit and it's now ready to scale up and ramp up its, uh, its sales. So if you achieve product market fit, actually it's quite a big milestone to, achieve, to reach. So your conviction level should be already at a certain level. Of course, please go and understand the business model of the company that you're drawing. You, know, you, have to, you have to make your own judgment assessment. But that's essentially the, the judgment that's been imposed by the investors. Right? Uh, and then by the time you get to series C and D, right? CD stage is typically what's regarded as you're kind of like preparing for uh, IPO. So CD stage businesses are already relatively mature, already just on the edge of going to, to public. Uh, so I would say at that point, you can say that the valuation is becoming more and more the conviction level is... Risk is lower. Yeah, much, much lower. Okay. That said, right, I mean, we should also remember that the last few years, we have seen a situation where um, many businesses also went to IPO even pre-profit. No choice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No choice. Different, uh, different environment. <laughs> Exit right? the yeah. market. They're not I mean, trying to they, raise they whatever funds they They play the game also. They're going by yeah, a spec. Yeah. Right, this, yeah. Yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, reverse. So, so that's an important qualifier to mention, right? Because with that in play, right, then even the IPO price... Mm. may not hold up, a, bit right? lame, yeah. a bit lame yeah which happened in several <laughs> yeah, instances yeah. but essentially that's, that's that's the modifier right that mm, you have to mm, then probably mm. apply on top of this then okay la, then after that IPO already yeah. okay okay and you join Glins at B, B yeah right so once there's a market fit you decide to join them I mean it's not it's not I decide to join it's also the fact that they were looking at that point B stage they needed to ramp up their sales effort so I essentially joined like a VP sales lab, right? And go back to the pay package. Mm. So aside from yeah. the ESOPs, aside from yeah. the hard cash. Sorry, not ESOP. This is uh, effectively like a stocks given based on, on salary package. Mm. ESOP is a separate... Um, Option Yeah, it's a separate thing, which is another lever mm. that you could mm. technically use. Okay. It stands for Employee Stock Option Purchase. Mm. Oh, so you yeah. can take right to purchase. Mm. You can take money out of your salary, mm. which is withheld, ah. and they will buy stocks for you at a discounted price. Mm. This is not vested. Immediately you get the money, right, kind of right. thing. Whereas the one we're talking about is they sure. give Correct. you with mm. the vesting period, mm. so that's the Correct. differentiator. Mm. 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Okay, so with those two out of the way, Mm. there's also the intangibles that you're talking about, Mm. right? What should people be looking at and how should we value that? Uh, okay, so so before intangibles, there's also benefits. Benefits, so I said comp- CMB, right? Compensation and benefits. So there's still the benefits part of it. So benefits, of course, there's the a lot of the conventional stuff around insurance, right? Corporate uh, insurance are one of the best, uh, I should say. Yeah, 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 right, right. There's a lot of coverage that on a personal level you cannot get, but when you buy in a group, right, as a corporate, you do correct. get a lot of those things. Yes, yeah? correct. Uh, today on top of uh, corporate insurance there's also increasingly stuff like uh, I don't know learning learning benefits so allowances <laughs> I don't know if people think that's a benefit la. yeah government also give it it's called skills future correct okay 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 that shows up quite a lot I think Shit. I think we also see things like wellness oh yeah frou right? the frou frou one yeah yeah <laughs> Namaste, the gong yeah. therapy. Yeah. You know, the, yeah, the kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. Actually, more and more we're getting is uh, TCM. Oh, that's right, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's right, that's right. Uh, unlimited TCM. Yeah, that's right. In fact, that's, I think that the insurance guys are also baking yeah, that part into, of the, into yeah. part of the plans. Of course, of course, yeah. of course. So I think benefits, I think, also quite top of mind. And then if you start to move into more intangible type of stuff, of course, I think... People look for stuff like, I think two things have come up a lot, especially in the post-pandemic days. The first one is a lot of people have had a lot. Of, and then I say a lot of people because Linz, you know, we speak to a lot of job seekers and we run our own surveys, right? So we found that I think within the top three reasons for what people look for when they shift a job, compensation always is there, okay, for sure. But then what showed up, I think, post-pandemic was this like sense of, alignment of purpose and culture mm. right? it's one of those things that I think especially maybe a lot of reflection time during the lockdown days and whatnot people start to revalue what's important to them and that kind of yes. thing so you know this idea of purpose culture impact you know start to come up quite a lot more uh, so that's number two uh, then I think number, number three, three was flexible uh, mm, whether it's work flexible work arrangements very important yes yes but then what I would say the job seeker, there's a bit of a job seeker employer Fiction. gap. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it yeah, yeah. I think more and more uh, what's happening is that as we move further and further away from the memories of COVID-19, right? Uh, although I think recently that's been a Sounds bit challenging. Wave, huh? yeah, yeah. Really yeah, everyone got COVID. But essentially, I think employers are also kind of nudging and pushing a bit more for a return to, return to pre, pre-COVID work arrangements return to office full-time that kind of thing do you think that should be valued in a more monetary basis though because I don't know about you guys but for Mm. me if I were to go back into the job market Mm. uh, I I have a a corporate job Mm. and if I'm not given the option to work from home Mm. then I wouldn't even like consider it immediately goes off my list so Mm. I wouldn't necessarily attribute a value or a benefit to it Mm. but it's more of like it's a non-negotiable now it needs to be there Mm. if I pay you more 
Is it? ไอ้ซิเนี่ยไม่ได้ใช่ไหมไม่ได้ใช่ไหมไม่ได้ใช่ไหมไม่ได้ใช่ไหมไม่ได้ใช่ไหมไม่ได้ใช่ไหมไม
when you exit the school yeah. and you enter into the job market, yeah. everything is an A. Yeah. You must target for an A. It's not a pass. Yeah. Sometimes in school, you know, we prioritize like, uh, some project A, some project B, pass, whatever, you know? So you mm. you kind of give yourself a bit of lax, right? But when you come to the work culture, everything's expected to be A. Whether you hear or not, yeah. there's a different story, right? So the grind is quite different. And I would argue that a lot of uh, Gen Zs have no work ethics, right? Because they, have, they don't have that kind of reframing and you know it's, it's foundations all, wasn't there yeah, yeah, you were all, trying to say all, that it's all an education yeah. process right so when they come in they have all sorts of weird, weird things mm. you know like meetings can late you know like hey sorry bro we're not your friend right I'm the here norms to, are, the yeah, norms are yeah. not so the norms are not yeah. set up in fact in fact a lot of the like mummies, right, or uh, a lot of the like the elder mm. workers, right? They are best, you know, mm. in the remote work setting. Sure. They are great. Yeah. First, firstly, they highly appreciate this thing, right? Okay, thank they, you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's true. It's true, right? Mummies, 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 not aunties, ah. Aunties, why another topic, ah? Yeah. Okay, but, <laughs> no, but I think they they appreciate it, and yeah. they have a decent work ethic. They have yeah. like a workflow and a they have a muscle to work. They that, know that's how the, to that's work. That's the productivity angle yeah, yeah. I think so. so I think I yeah. think there's some there's there's a good element to that like yeah. I remember I had to teach yeah. the junior how to work you know I had to draw a PPT record yeah. things go through multiple discussion no, because okay. once upon a time these things were kind of like by diffusion right yes it's true yeah. it's true yeah. then you got you're attached to a body right yeah. then you yeah. ask your senior hey how right. are this one how are right. but in a remote setting it's a bit different because right. every it time is. you send a message right it's not casual you know it's quite is people Correct. perk up when they Correct. see messages, right? Yeah. So, and, so, so I mean, that is a reality. And, that and I think true, right? Because like also. even to ramp up, when you yeah. when you're a new employee, no matter where you are, yeah, there is an adjustment phase. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. a lot faster when everybody's in the office. Right? Yeah. Like, like for example, I'm in sales. So pre-COVID, we were on the floor, we're hearing what other people say. Yeah. Yeah. Immediately you're just picking it up, right? Yeah. Oh wow, yeah. that's good. I'm gonna use that it on my next right? call yeah. and yeah. immediately apply it. Yeah. Now yeah. you purposely must go and like, hey, this one must go and listen, lah. Or you know, if you're not proactive enough to do it. Yeah. How yeah. are you going to learn, right? Yeah, it's true. It's true. So, exactly. So I, I get the limitations as a small time employer. I get the limitations mm, yeah. of the remote work structure. You know, as much yeah. as I love it, my guys can work anywhere. You know, yeah. they can do a lot of what yeah. they want. But culture fit is a problem. Reframing some of their old habits is a problem. Correct. You know, uh, building new ethics, you know, building, building strong ethics for new hire is also very hard. Right, so I understand the managerial the operational uncle is coming challenge. Yeah. Yeah. The uncle, the uncle. We know the uncle. Yeah. We know the uncle. Operational realities. Oh, I think it's very hard, la, You know, yeah. but, but we will figure as we go along, and if need be, there need to be like some periodic cohesion. Yeah. So I, I do think yeah. the needle will will move towards. It's just a matter of time, I think, because mm. of course you know the instances that. Rakesh mentioned earlier about now there are also some employees who just say oh, then I'll just quit lah, right mm. so it's all kind of everyone's kind of watching each other and seeing who will take the first move yeah. right but you can already see lah, I think there's some movements already I think Singtel just announced right uh, oh, not what? too long ago yeah uh, must go back. I think either must go back or twice a week or three pretty, times. Yeah, pretty hard rule. Uh, yeah, that's coming out already. So you, once you see that, and then once some of the big boys start moving, the rest will move along with the herd, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's kind of yeah. what it is, lah. Okay, okay, mm. interesting. Let's come back to the negotiation of the conversation. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah we digress a bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Digress too long already. Yeah. So we have asked the boss or your manager out for the coffee, mm. and we all know that we should be planning, right, mm. and staging it before we go for that to increase our chances because yes. it is a sales pitch. Mm. What can the Jobs, job employee, the 
prepare? What can we do to increase our chances? And are there like some language can say versus cannot say? I cannot say, hey, you must pay me more because I just talked to my other partner. Why are you pay him 30% and I lesser? Uh, this cannot say, right? Of course, but, this one cannot say. Yeah, like, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, talk yeah, to me, right? I tell you, okay, you can balik kampong already, okay? I tell you, it's, it's yeah, really... So what, what yeah. are some tips that they yeah. can use to have in this conversation? I, I always say, I mean, I go back to emphasizing it's about what value and what contribution you mm. you bring. Uh, I think sometimes people believe that it's about what, telling the, the needs part of it. That's mm. almost a sad story part of it. Like why I need it. <laughs> from an employer's perspective, I think there can be empathy and you know for, for that kind of perspective, but it wouldn't be the reason. Yeah, take your sob story elsewhere. Yeah. We're not a charity, right? Yeah. It'll be more about I never say that. We have an episode that says your work <laughs> yeah. is not a family member. Uh, yes, this is yes, where yes, we yeah. should get a comment below. Yeah. But yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it'll be more about like, you know, you know, what do you add? What do you add to the organization? And you know, if you know, if you're confident, and you have to be confident. So in a way, you have to yeah. think like, you know, this is my proposal to the to the business, right? Look, you know, I add value, and I understand that this is what the market is looking at right now, and there's a case for it, lah, right? And I think as with any negotiation, as with any sales pitch, uh, I think if you are prepared to accommodate the other side's perspective, that's also very important. So do you understand if your current business is in the position? to make that adjustment for you? If yes, great. If no, what are their blockers, right? right? What is your boss's blocker to enabling this yeah. for you? Uh, is it that it's a time, timing thing? It cannot be done immediately. It must follow a certain cycle. Maybe you are able to accommodate that cycle. Uh, is it that maybe a variability to it, performance-based, will help things a lot more? You know, so if you are prepared to negotiate and you think through these things a bit, that will, of course, enable the conversation a lot better, right? Yes. So for that conversation to be really successful, it requires both parties to listen and open up and have empathy. But sometimes, right, yeah. you you, are, you will also understand that as the employee, we're of a lower position because we don't really have that full bargaining power. <laughs> and sometimes what the manager or the employer does is really just excuse. Actually, they say they no budget, but they really have budget. For the employee, how do they suss out the difference? It's so hard. Right. Sometimes they say, yeah, I need you to go through this first, then you can get there. But maybe that's just all an excuse to try and, you know, pay them lower for a more prolonged period of time. How to suss? The way I would do it is you have to take everything at face value. Mm. There's, I, I feel there's no extra need to have extra time spent on, hey, this one suss or not. Mm. Because I believe you should just take it at face value. Mm. What you need is leverage. Mm. And what he, just, what he just mentioned is go and find some. Mm. Whether it be market, um, you know, market fees, you know, where, where you are in the market, yeah. whether it is yeah, how much... job offer, put it on the table, match not. Correct. <laughs> you got to match Correct. It, right? Right. Yeah. Or, or for it's example... Like employer. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, which is... Which I mean, happens. okay, that is um, a much softer way to do that. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. softer ways to do it. Yeah, correct, yeah, right? It but along the lines of, hey, I'm bringing XXX revenue to yeah. your business. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yet I feel undervalued. Mm. Like, you know, mm. there's an emotional angle that yeah. you can play. The yeah. nice guy approach. Yeah, yeah. There's so many different ways about it I and it depends on how you're doing it. slides before, you know, it's like, yeah. oh, this one I've done, blah, 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 blah. So, okay, okay, yeah. thank you. Give me some time. Yeah. I will process these thoughts. Yeah. And I think it's fair, you know, I mean, if an employer asks for, for time yeah. uh, to yeah. come back to you, I think it's all fair, to be honest. You know, I think the reality is that these decisions, in most instances, I mean, some of us work for the, directly the business owner or so, so sole proprietor or whatever. Maybe it's like that. Like it's just that person's decision. But even that person also need to take time, right? But in most instances, actually, there are other stakeholders involved as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's true. I, I feel like sometimes, yeah, that's why I support you la, because mm. uh, it's quite stressful. La, because every time you want to pay raise, uh, then essentially you're adjusting my revenue targets, right? Correct. Your margins, right. all so of that. Everything yeah. is exactly. getting affected. So yeah. you must give me some time. La. 
right and if you really think i'm not moving then then it's okay lah, yeah. right like, you yeah. know but but i feel like sometimes the the stacking process because it's like you put you put something on the table i didn't expect me to reply yeah you know mm. but i got 101 things to do right it's All not right. that you're not important you know it's just that i got 101 things to do give me some time okay. right? eventually i will come back yeah you know but but sometimes yeah it gets a bit it gets a bit interesting like, like how, how things how things play out so yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's a thing right? shout out mm. to all you bosses uh, life's very hard i know i know mm. <laughs> So showing that revenue generation is one thing. Uh, I think another common angle that I've seen being used is the cost saving. Mm. So justifying that by doing this, or I've added value in this way because while wow, I wasn't in a revenue generating role, I have helped the business to save like XX dollars of uh, money and that can also for be me, a that's, leverage. Actually, that's this is generation. a part right, that I want to call out. You know, I find it a bit problematic because mm. a lot of people think like that. Right, a lot of people in the middle, middle office, mm. back office, they think like that, right? Which it's, is not surprising if they're yeah, not in the revenue exactly, generating right? Roles so they're well. not in the revenue gen. They they mm. look at these things, right? And then they they put out that as their value, right? So what what actually happens is, when you spend less, you so you compromise on some things, right? You compromise on the vendors that you can use. You you compromise on the software integrations that you can play around with. You compromise on some of these other things, right? So as much as you think like you create value for the company, you know, um, by cost cutting, which is fair. In actuality, what the company wants is the funnel to be stronger, right? They want they want more traction. They want to they want your participation in this organization to be able to support sales conversion, right? Yeah. So so I, I think I think there's there's something to be called out for this. Not that is not that it's wrong. It's just that that is the industry standards that I find quite problematic. So what is a different leverage so, then? That so no, for me that's use? not that's not enough. If someone comes and says I've cost cut. I'm not a business owner or anything, right? But if someone comes to me, cost cut, I'm like, okay, oh, great. Huh? What you should be angling is I've improved your profits. Yeah. Yeah. Cost cut is nothing. Yeah. But what's my margin increase? No, no, it's not just about that. Not, not that cost cut is nothing. It's just something cost cutting is dangerous. No, correct. Okay, because cost, I've I've went to many, I've, I've talked to many people in different organizations, right? That because mm. they want to cost cut, they refuse to use the latest um infrastructure. Mm -hmm. They refuse to yeah. use the latest things, you know, and they like 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 especially in like social media you know all that right all your social media guys right they can't they give they tell you oh we cost cut we cut on vendors blah 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 but actually what i need right is your reach your numbers your followers mm. right mm. i need that right but you cannot give me that you give me your inferior you know uh metrics of Correct. cost cutting I, I, right i, I think uh, i i will propose a slight different reframe uh a different framing of this right i think it's you know, again going back to it's actually a sale right and being good sales is you have to understand what is the pain point so yes. what is the business what is on the business's mind what is the business's objective if the business is concerned about revenue generation then of course the value is about how do you enable that Correct. if the business is concerned about improving reach then the value is how do you enable contribute that. towards that mm. right so it's first of all i think you Again, you know, you gotta be empathetic and be good listener to and understanding as to what the other side is thinking. Fair. I, I think that yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's a so really be, good reframing. To, yeah, that is yeah. good. So to be fair, that would be great in a restructuring process. Mm -hmm. Cost cutting because yeah. actually cost cutting mm. at that level is fucking difficult. Yeah. I think it's also because people are really just stuck in the sense that I need to show that either I added money or I save money so then it go one of these two routes but like you said there's a middle ground which is what is the pain point and how does that align yeah, yeah it may what not always be about actually, that, that moment time, yeah, right? yeah. I believe it's not even those two camps it's how much yeah. value have I added and what yeah. sort of value which is built upon added. what the company yeah. wants right exactly. because they are the parameter exactly. of like yeah, what, right. what constitute value right yeah. Yeah. I let's open up a discussion also to talk about one so we talk about what not to do how to create that mm. uh, to identify the pain points and leverage and create our sales pitch 
to get that money. How have, maybe we can all share, how have we in our own uh, careers been able to get a pay raise? I think same. I think more from employer side. Yeah, yeah. I have an employer view of, yeah. of this. I can start first. I mean, I'm the employee side. Yeah. So for me, I think that really helped me um, was really recognizing my value because mm. in the first job that I went to, I was very, very underpaid. Mm. And I actually tried to have that conversation. I built up the entire case. Mm. Then newbie don't know, right? So go and Google, how to negotiate for higher pay. Mm. Take all the teeth and then create an entire PowerPoint presentation. And then I was in a revenue generating role. So mm. I used that to justify, hey, I've gotten, I've made the business like uh, was it 10 or 20x of my salary mm. and I'm hoping for a, a 20% or 25% increase yeah. uh, which I believe it's aligned with the market but then immediately like I got that pushback mm. and then it just felt like a lot of excuses so and and the worst thing was it was very badly handled in the sense that my uh i was actually instead of raising they, they told me that i did not hit my revenue targets which was a lie mm. okay so in the end uh, it was very ugly i left in the end uh and then shortly after i left the whole company collapsed so i mm. guess it was a good thing that i got out of a sinking ship mm. but by leaving and joining their competitor, I immediately increased my salary by, I believe it was 30 or 40%. Mm. Yeah. So that was really, and it wasn't me going to their competitor first. Mm. It was really just having that conversation because I like the company and I thought I would be able to stay. But because of how they handled that discussion, mm. it was very bad. Mm. And I felt like if I were to stay on, I wouldn't be happy because seeing how they responded, plus knowing that I am very, very underpaid. So moving on would be better. So mm. I move on to the second row. I got the pay increment. My next increment then came in when I jumped to my third role because uh, when I moved from my second to my third, I was changing industries mm. and the boss matched my salary, okay, cause, which I took it because, well, I need to learn again from a new industry. So I'm okay. I'll just take it as a discount. Okay, I'll learn. And then once I really ramped up and I was more um, comfortable and more confident in the job, uh, what happened was that a competitor came to me and offered yeah then I was like oh you mean I should be higher <laughs> so I went to my boss but I didn't I didn't take it out I didn't go for the interview I just went to my boss and said like hey I want to be really transparent uh, a competitor approached me I haven't done anything but um, they offered me this and I'm just wondering maybe we could have a chat about my discussion to find out what is uh, the, the role that you see me growing into mm. how can we move upwards and what can we do to get there so that we can have a next conversation about ramping up my pay to maybe being a bit more on par with what the market is and my boss was very nice immediately he just asked me just tell me are you staying or living and I said I have no intention to leave right now because I haven't even gone for the interview I'm just being very transparent telling you yeah. and he appreciated that so immediately without even negotiating with me he sprung a surprise on me the next week and I got the exact pay match and I was like oh, and that cemented my decision to work for him forever and then sadly you know well owners sell the companies so eventually mm. I didn't get to work for him forever because he sold the company and then things moved on but yeah that was my story of how I went from a X amount to 30% higher and then like much much higher after that mm. yeah and I thought that was actually I don't know but on hindsight especially after you shared that nugget of uh, that story mm. maybe it was in the way that I communicated it just that the first employer even though I kind of communicated in the same way they didn't take it very well no la, they're sinking ma yeah. how, <laughs> yeah. how to take it well it's, I mean, only, it's, on it's only a grind yeah. it's, it's, it's what it is yeah. like. it's, it's hard yeah, so yeah. that's what I found was useful instead of like telling them or making them feel like I'm using it to like bargain and threaten you because I want to leave pay yeah. me or I'll leave it was more mm. of a 
I just I had this offer. I, I I've been told about this. Um, I'm not really thinking of leaving yet. But can we have an open conversation? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I I actually have something to add, right? So I think a lot of people when you put yourself up in the job market, sometimes your price is a bit high, right? Then the company will come back with a slightly lower price, right? Um, so that means they never take your they never give you what you're expecting right from the get go of course if they give you then you take already no choice no room for discussion right? but if they never give you what you expect you know uh, that means there's a bit of a difference right actually you can ask them you can counter and then they may counter you right because actually by the time they get to the end tail of the hiring process right they really don't want to start again yes. Yes. you know they don't want to kind of like go back two steps and get get the four or five people back and, and talk another round so most HR have a buffer mm. you know at the end where they negotiate because it's all a negotiating process right mm. so they go in they must have some bullet right right and then you know what I think a lot of Singaporeans mm. uh, don't realize is actually you can push further and if they really cannot they will tell you they really cannot this is my max right and then maybe they'll give you like uh, maybe a bit of like memoir, like, you know, whatever, like some whatever side things that they can give you. Um, and I think there's some validity in in, in that in that thought process. Uh. I think mm-hmm. it does go back to this. That's why we say like, you know, uh, at the point of entering a company, that's probably your your bargaining yes. position is probably your strongest. Yes, very strong. Mm, strongest yeah. at the start. Yes. Like within yes. the, once you're in the everything, there's all sorts of reasons why <laughs> why it, it starts to change, the dynamics change uh, a bit and it becomes a little bit more challenging. Mm. But that also doesn't mean that therefore, I mean, I, I wouldn't give advice and say you then keep hopping, lah, right? Mm. But then you keep hopping. But then we get to use glints a lot. Oh, <laughs> yeah. but even, no need to sponsor I think yeah. the genuinely I, I, I go back to I think my advice would be you know think about what you're really looking for in your job mm. and your career I think there was a different instance when we were talking about like having certain goals right yeah. I think if you have certain ideas about what your goals are in the next maybe 5 if 10 years if, if you can and then what you want to get there and then you, you consider as to whether your current job or your prospective job and therefore your current employer or your prospective employer actually help you to get there I think that's a better way of thinking and compensation is just but one of the things that feature in your considerations. Mm. It cannot be the only thing. I think, it, of course, you want it to be fair. You don't want to be underpaid because you will always feel like, wow, then we're undervalued. So it needs to be of a certain level. But then it cannot be the only thing. And I think a more holistic view towards that from a job seeker or a individual's perspective, I think actually will lead to longer term success. You know, because ultimately then you know, you're kind of like, you're thinking, what is it that I will feel satisfaction about right? Mm-hmm. right it's 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 weird because like the comp like most tech companies almost a transparent promotion cycle mm-hmm. at least that's what we know like, for the bigger tech companies for example uh you know what your metrics is to get promoted mm-hmm. your manager cannot even stop it you hit those metrics you get promoted mm-hmm. right um, so i think internally that's that's what mm-hmm. you know the tech companies look at because you get promoted based on the value you provide mm-hmm. and they've listed that value really nicely for every level. But when looking at a new company, it's always that trying to find that sort of leverage. Mm. You want me more, I want you more. Right? Mm. And obviously, if they come to you, they want you more. Yeah. But if you want them more and don't want to show it, you would go through a recruiter because at least there is a mediator. They let them go and handle whatever and then at least you can you can fight that according. Mm. That's, that's my that's my plan and then show them what value you can provide. Interesting. Sales Interesting. process. Yeah. 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 It's, all, yeah. it's all a sales yeah. process. Yeah, it's about sales. It's all sales. It's all sales. One more thing is knowing your levers. Mm. It's so important. Yeah. yeah. Right? Okay, you cannot pay me $10,000 more but you can give me signing bonus, mm. but you can give me more ESOP, but you can give me mm. more stocks. Correct. Uh, like, mm. can you get it in other manners, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, fair, fair, fair. I have a, I have quite, because we run a small outfit, mm. a very small outfit, so there's only a handful of us, right? So, 
my parameter of thought is very different from a big organization. My parameter, my first parameter of thought is if this person go, how much problem is it going to cost me? Mm. Right? Cost of replacement. Yeah, cost of, not just cost of replacement. It's like, how important are you in this organization? How, mm. how entrenched and intertwined are you mm. in the team? Right? So if, if immediately I can say like this person, never mind. Right? That means I will just drop a few projects. They are not, not my biggest priority. And then I just down, I just kind of narrow down my focus. Then highly unlikely you have any leverage on the on the organizer because we are a small team. We don't Correct. have like a big, mm-hmm. big team to like kind of go through all these things, right? So if if you want to negotiate, you know, for a higher salary, right? Do a lot more. And then that's mm. as simple as I, I can tell you. If if you if you're important in the organization, you get it. No, but you flip it around, it really goes back to do you understand what's the value you yeah. bring, right? Yeah. What's the value you bring to yeah. the company? Yeah. Yeah. And exactly. if your answer is you don't know, or yeah. you're not sure if it's a lot, then maybe you should work a lot harder. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, go and find out. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice, nice. Okay, so that's it. I, 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 I appreciate the discussion. Thank you. Thanks for supporting the boss anger a bit. Yeah. <laughs> Continue this discussion another time. Okay, take care, guys. Bye. Bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.